Well, hey everyone, welcome to the message, Blessed to be Stressed. Today we're talking about stress as part of our mindfulness series. And uh, if you're catching up just now, maybe you're just tuning in uh, into this series, let me just give you a little overview as to why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, we really do believe that God has a vision for your mind, that your mind is kind of like the place where transformation takes place. And the Bible says loads about your mind. It may not use the words mental health specifically, which is obviously now quite in our consciousness as a culture, we're beginning to realize that we're not just physical beings, uh, but we've got a mind as well to take care of. And the Bible goes even one step further. It says you don't just have a mind, but you have a spirit. And we need to understand the architecture of the human soul and how we're actually made up so that we can experience health. And so God's vision is that your mind would be full of the right things. And um, you know, we're navigating life and uh, our mind is like a complex, fluid place, isn't it? So we might be feeling a whole range of emotions or thoughts, uh, even at the same time. But if we are living with a permanent state of, um, I don't know, disappointment, uh, resentment, fear, anxiety, pain in our minds, um, just know that, that there is hope today. And God's vision for you is that you would be not only healthy, but also happy. Uh, you know, I got four kids. I want my kids to be happy. Uh, because I love them. <laughs> and uh, it's the same with God. You know, it may not be ice cream for breakfast. There may be some boundaries around what is helpful and what is good and what is appropriate. But just know that God genuinely cares for you. Whoever you are right now, uh, whether you know God or whether you don't know God, can I just encourage you, let you know that He loves you and His vision for you is that you'd have a healthy mind. Um, but His vision is not just about health. Um, it's not just about becoming healthy. Um, it's also about your purpose. Um, I understand this, that if you are to accomplish everything that is on the inside of you, all of the dreams in your heart, um, just the things that you feel like, I'm supposed to do this in the world. Well, that's your calling from God, your purpose. And to accomplish those things is going to require a shift in your thinking. It's going to require elevated thinking that comes from your mind being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so to live with confidence, to live with resilience, to get up after failure, uh, to innovate, to overcome the challenges of life. We're going to need not just mental health, but we're also going to need mental fortitude. And the Bible has plenty to teach us about how to live a life as an overcomer. And so God wants you to be healthy, he wants you to be happy, but he also wants you to um, flourish as a human being and accomplish everything and that he has for you. And so a big part of this conversation, uh, as we now come to the, the really the essence of what we're talking about is this conversation on stress. And uh, if you've ever experienced being stressed, which I'm sure you have, you will know that it is not a nice feeling, <laughs> you know, and stress in our society today is becoming more than just a, here's a few moments where there's some challenging things taking place. And it can actually become something that is a, a kind of begins as temporary, but becomes a, a permanent state of being in our mind. And it can create sickness. Um, it can have very physical outcomes. It can put tension on relationships that is unhealthy. And uh, it can just be, it's like life is full of burdens that we're just not supposed to carry. And this is what the resort of stress is doing. And maybe you can connect with some of those things in your workplace, in your family, some of the things you've been through in life have uh, been weights that have been heavy and hard to lift. And you might come into today's title, Blessed to be Stressed, thinking, what is going on here? Because in your mind, stress can only be a bad thing. But I want to just reframe how we think about stress today. 
Of course, it's not blessed to experience the, the, that, that sort of despair and hopelessness and overwhelm. Of course not. Um, but I believe that there is a good sort of stress and that human beings not only are designed for stress, but we actually need a healthy level of stress in our lives. Uh, let me explain. Well, one of the misconceptions that many people have about heaven is that heaven is just going to be this place where there's nothing to do. <laughs> We're just going to be sitting around, there's going to be some harps and clouds just kind of floating like, cool, wow, this is going to be a long time, you know, eternity. Or, or maybe we're sitting on a beach somewhere and there's a cocktail and the angel Gabriel's playing as a tune. I, I don't know what, 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 what's in your mind about heaven, but this is a very popular thought that going to heaven is going to be a place where there's nothing to do, where there's no stress. Actually, when we look back to the beginning where God created uh, the heavens and the earth, he created Adam and Eve. And what did he do? He put them in a garden to work the garden. And God himself spent six, six days working. Um, you see, stress is not all bad. There, there is a healthy sort of stress that we are actually made for. And the answer that our world often gives is, hey, let's just get rid of everything stressful. You know, when you become rich, if I could just make this many million pounds, if I could just become this sort of position, if I could just achieve this sort of level of whatever it is in business or music or uh, popularity or money, or et cetera, then we're gonna experience what it's truly like to be happy and to be free. And of course, many people do get to experience all of those things. They get the money, they get the fame, they get the accomplishments, and they don't experience happiness. And they find that they have fallen into the pursuit of pleasure. Now, pleasure is good and is created by God, but pleasure is not the goal. When we make pleasure a goal, we're gonna find that we just actually fall into ruin. And that is what takes place for many in the celebrity space as they find themselves, not all, but I'm generalizing, but many of them are addicted to drugs. Uh, many of them even lose their lives. Many of them relationship breakdown to breakdown. And these are the people that we would look to and think they have everything. They've got everything that we would kind of think, you know, if you were to say, Sats, do you want to have five million pounds? I go, yes, sign me up. But, but, but the truth is, is that none of those things will make us happy. None of those things will actually fulfill us because human beings are not just made for pleasure, we're also made for work. We're made for stress. And so I don't know how many times you've looked at your responsibilities and the things to do and the people calling you up and you thought, if I could just be free from all this, how nice would this be? But it's a pipe dream. It's an illusion because your life requires stress, like a bridge requires tension, like we need gravity to keep everything in the right place. Human beings need challenges. They need, they need things to accomplish. They need tension. And if you just had everything done for you instantly right now, I can guarantee you, you would not be happy. The joy of life is in the, the, the pursuit of greatness, the pursuit of doing great things and uh, doing the things that God has called us to do. It's your purpose. It's your calling. We are actually built for stress, not just for pleasure. However, we need to understand something quite important, that there are actually two words for stress. One of them we know about is the word distress. And we know what distress is. Uh, distress is when we're overwhelmed. It's when we're like, oh, I can't do this. This is too difficult. And it's not fun. And nobody wants to experience that. But there's another type of word that you may not have heard of, which is the word eustress. And eustress is positive sort of stress. If distress is everything that you don't want to have, 
Your stress is what happens when you prepare for the pitch and you, you win the climb. Uh, it's when you, when you experience the thrill of life and it's a bit scary. It's when you get up and you fail and you get up and, and you manage to accomplish it that time. It's when you go to the job interview and you get the job. It's when you pull off the project and you get to celebrate. It, it, it's the sort of work that energizes your soul. It's the sort of stuff that produces that sense of well-being on the inside. Exercise is, is often eustress as long as you're not working too hard. When, you, when you're competitive and you win and you're playing the game of football and you push yourself to the limit and you go, I did that. That's all you stress. And God wants us to have more of that sort of stress in our life. And less of the other sort of stress in our life, the distress and the eustress. God, we require stress, but we get to decide for the most part whether our life will be full of distress or eustress. Now, life does happen to us as well as what we can control. There are some things in our lives that are outside of our control. And the Apostle Paul talks about this in Philippians. And he also talks about just this dynamic that's taking place. He says in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now, Paul has been on this long missionary journey. He's been doing all sorts of things, starting churches and just following the things that God has purposed for him to do. And he's just, just writing to this church who has been really generous and supportive to him. And he says, look, you, you guys have really taken care of me. But then he says this in verse 11, he says, not that I'm, I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He's saying, look, I so appreciate your generosity, practical, but, 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 but I'm, not, I'm not here trying to get more out of you. He says, look, I, I want you to understand something really important. I've learned how to be content in every situation. I know how to be brought low, verse 12, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, many of us have heard that last verse, uh, mostly out of context. <laughs> because it's normally one of those sort of positivity sort of declarations, which is a great declaration. I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. And we normally kind of apply that to like whatever we want. It's kind of, we normally make it like whatever I dream, whatever I think I can do that. And uh, I'm not quite sure that's what Paul is saying. In fact, what Paul is actually saying is, hey, I've had some tough times as well as the good times. And he's saying, I've learned how to internally, you see, you see contentment and life is not just about what is happening externally, it's actually mostly about what is happening internally. And Paul is saying, I have learned to deal with the stresses of life. I've learned to deal with the unknowns of life. Whatever comes my way, whatever uh, circumstances kick off, because here's what we need to understand as Christians, we are not exempt from trouble and pain. We're not exempt from, 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 from any of the things that anyone else is exempt from. And so I can tell you this, I don't want to be a doomsday prophet, but I just want to say just honestly that you will experience pain in this life. You will experience suffering in this life. This is life. 
<laughs> if you didn't know that yet, it's important to say, this is not a, a get out of jail free card. This is not a, I get to avoid responsibility and pain and, and stress. No, 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 you are actually built to manage. You are built to overcome. You are built, the spirit in you is greater than, than the spirit of this world. It, it, when you become a Christian, it's not that the world uh, stops what it's doing. It's not the externals seize and nothing can touch you. It's actually that there is a power that comes on the inside of you that has the ability to overcome. And this is what Paul is describing here. He says, I have learned how to overcome this stuff. Not by fixing everything with miracles, not by only walking in glory and glory and glory, but from glory to glory. And in between there might be some, what's going on there bits. He says, I've learned to abound when I've got everything and when I have nothing. I figured out the secret. And he says, the secret is this, is that I can do all things for him who strengthens me. Okay, so Paul isn't saying just whatever you want to do, you can go do it. He's actually saying quite the opposite. He's actually saying of all the things that I have been called to do and all of the things that take place in my life that are outside of my control, whatever those things are, God gives me a divine grace by the power of the Holy Spirit to do all of those things things, to manage those things. This is what I'm calling today your grace zone. Paul is saying everything in my grace zone, I have the power from God to do those things. Everything that, that I need to do is, is I'm actually going to find, even if there is difficulty, even if there is pain, even if there is a genuine lack, as Paul is describing here, I'm going to actually experience not distress, I'm actually going to experience you stress, the positive form of stress that may be difficult, there may be challenges to overcome, there may be things I think, how am I going to do that? Impossibilities, mountains to move, but I'm going to find that the grace of God is with me and in me and me to overcome and the end result of that process is not distress it's you stress it's positive stress I know in my life there are things that I have walked through that I would have never chosen that I would have never wished on anyone else but I know that I have come through those moments and those seasons I haven't come through broken I've come through stronger I haven't come through uh, disillusioned and cynical but I've come through purified and holier like the guys in the Bible who get thrown into the fire and they come out and there's not even there's not even just the smell of fire on them why because this is what happens when we live in our grace zone. I'm not saying life will be easy. I'm not saying everything will be perfect. Whatever you wish for, whatever you say, whatever you pray for will happen. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying everything in your grace zone, difficult and small and big and varied, in control and out of control, everything in your grace zone, you have been equipped and empowered to do. You see, we tend to experience distress when we live outside of our grace zone. And the place we tend to default to living is actually not in our grace zone, it's actually in our comfort zone. And you might be thinking, well, that's odd because I thought the comfort zone was supposed to be comfortable. But what we're gonna find is that the comfortable, the comfort zone is actually gonna lead to distress. And the default trajectory of your life is to seek for comfort. I mean, it's the default trajectory of my life. Is to go for comfort. I mean, who wouldn't go for comfort? Go for the least, uh, you know, the path of least resistance. That's the default path. 
of your life. And so unless you are intentional about creating the right sort of boundaries to ensure that you only live in your grace zone, you are not going to be able to say what Paul says there, I've learned the secret. I can do all the things that God is calling me to do because of him who strengthens me. You're going to find that there are things in this life that God is not strengthening you to do. And when we go after things that God has not called us to, God does not really want us to do, uh, you see it time and time after in the, in the Bible, uh, people go outside of the will of God, God's desire for their life, and life gets hard. Life gets heavy. But what's, what does Jesus say? He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he says this, I will put my yoke upon you. In other words, you're going to have to submit to me. The yoke was that piece of wood they put on the oxen so that they would stay kind of in line and follow. So Jesus isn't saying I'm going to take every burden off you. He's saying I'm going to make sure that you have the right burdens in your life. I'm going to make sure you have the right challenges in your life because when you are trying to do things that are outside of your gifting, outside of your grace zone, outside of of what I'm aware that you can do, you're going to find that you experience all of the bad sorts of stress. See, this is what happens in your comfort zone because your comfort zone is normally where you end up by accident. And so there are many things in our life that we are not happy with, but we are comfortable there. (laughs) When we don't have strong ideas of this is what we should be doing and this is where we should be going, we tend to allow other people to dictate what our life should look like. Because when we're in comfort and when we've not been proactive in defining some of those things, people, whatever the loudest voices in the room will kind of determine where your boundaries are if you have not set your own boundaries. So we are in the workplace and your boss comes and asks you again, hey, I'm going to need you to do the evening. I know it's not really part of your job role, but I need you to stay late and do this. And it happens again and again. And why does your boss come to you? Well, it's because you're the person who never says no. You're the person who goes, ah, but deep down, you're frustrated. Deep down, it's like, oh, I always have to do this. And we find that in our comfort zone, we end up carrying stuff that we're not supposed to carry. Or maybe you're living at home and your parents are like, no, you, you're going to do it like this. And I want you to go here and you're going to study this and you're going to make this decision. And on the inside, you just think, oh, I just know that's not what I'm supposed to do. But, but you're in an environment where it's the path of least resistance. And you think, oh, just okay. I'm going to keep the peace. I'm going to, I'm going to choose for comfort. I'm going to choose the path of least resistance. Why? Because I'm afraid to say no. See, friends, the life of the Christian is about understanding what are the things that God has called me to do? What are the things that are in my purpose? Because I can promise you this, that unless you begin to say no to the things that are outside of your grace and you are going to experience the wrong sort of stress in your life and you will experience frustration and resentment. And over time, those things will become embedded in your soul. They will become embedded in your mind. And no amount of prayer is going to fix a situation that you need to walk out of. The Israelites still needed to leave Egypt. They still had to get up. They still had to decide, I am going somewhere. They, they couldn't stay and pray their way out of the situation. They had to take themselves out. And this is what we do when we create boundaries. We, 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 we say yes to the things that God is calling us to do. And we say no to the things that are not. So please understand, I'm not saying just if anything's difficult, say no to it. That's sometimes what our world says. So I just need to, you know, just everything is difficult. No, no, no. Paul says here, there are times you're going to go without, but there will be a grace. 
And so the comfort, the comfort we, we need to be in our grace zone, but not our comfort zone. So this is what we need to talk to God. We need to pray. We need to get godly input. We need to have friends around us who, who hear from God. We need to be part of church community because we're going to find that we may not know what is my grace zone, what is my comfort zone. But in the grace zone is where we come alive. In the grace zone is where we feel fulfilled. In the grace zone is, is, is just, just where everything uh, that is good for yourself, good for your self-esteem, good for your confidence, you're going to experience. But when we're in the comfort zone and other people tell us what to do, I, sometimes that's okay and good. But, but when we feel like, oh, I don't really want to do that, but I'm just traveling that path of least resistance because I haven't set boundaries. Oh, I'm going to find myself being disemboweled, disempowered. I'm going to find myself becoming less confident. I'm going to find myself becoming more insecure because I am not owning the things that God has called me to do. And the result of that is stress. Okay, so we learn to create boundaries. Let's talk about boundaries for a moment. We learn to create boundaries by saying no. Okay, you're a finite human being, just like Paul is. So again, when Paul says, I can do all things, well, he can't do everything, can he? He's a finite human being. He's not God, neither are you, neither am I. And so I can do all the things that I've been graced to do in my grace zone. And so if I say yes to everything, or if I simply allow everybody else to say yes on my behalf, well, I'm not gonna have space or room or energy to do the things that I'm supposed to do. So we have to learn how to create boundaries, and you do that by saying no. Now, you will need to say no to people. That's pretty important. But, but the most important person that you say no to is yourself. So there's a principle, and you'll read about this in Genesis and throughout the scripture, called the Sabbath. And God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be stressed for six days a week. <laughs> I want you to do things that are engaging. I want you to do things that require responsibility. I want you to engage with your purpose and your calling and your work for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to say no to all of that stuff. And you're going to find by default that you want to work that seventh day. Or you want to allow uh, uh, engaging things to enter into that seventh day. I, I found last Sabbath for us, we practiced Sabbath from Friday evening through to Saturday. And um, that's, that's where we take our one day where we rest. And it's a practice. It's something we are practicing. We don't always do it perfectly. And uh, last, last Saturday, I was just cleaning the windows. And I was just like, why am I cleaning the windows? And uh, I was just like, what is wrong with me? Why, I, I, don't, I don't clean windows very often. So I was just like, dude, and I realized, oh, I need to say no to myself. I am trying to keep that, that work brain alive because I am actually built for stress and I enjoy it. But God says, no, I want you to stop one day a week and create a boundary where you say no to work. It's the fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments. And if you think that sounds Old Testament, well, coming after the fourth commandment, honor the Sabbath, practice the Sabbath, is don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery. I've got a feeling those are commandments that, that are just 
principles that carry through <laughs> just full stop <laughs> through life and so God says I want you to honor the Sabbath why because you need to learn to create boundaries for your soul that you would rest and so that you would not be stressed when you work seven days a week when you push the boundaries there are studies done and the more and more you work you start to experience diminishing returns and so God says don't do that I want you to engage with your purpose engage with your work but one day a week you need to learn to say no I can tell you if you don't practice the Sabbath um, you're going to find it hard to create boundaries in your life because why would anyone else respect your boundaries when you don't set them for yourself why would others look and say well that's a, that's a person who's really in a healthy place when you are addicted to work where you are addicted to purpose and you're not willing to submit yourself to God to say I will stop because I'm not God but he is and so I submit myself by practicing the Sabbath every single week. So the first person we're going to say uh, no to is ourself. That's by practicing the Sabbath. And of course, denying the flesh and all of those things. And that's why we don't end up in the comfort zone, but we end up in the grace zone of God. And so, of course, secondly, it's going to be other people. Uh, we're going to stop uh, being a people pleaser. And that's the path of least resistance. That's our comfort zone. And, and if you, I, can, I can guarantee you this. If you were to examine... The things that cause you the most stress in your life. Um, there would be some good stresses, you know, your responsibilities and so on. Uh, I don't think you should get rid of those. Um, but there would be some stresses that would almost certainly be related to people taking advantage of your time, taking advantage of your energy, uh, the way that they treat you. And here's what we need to understand. Even if all of that is not good and not right, how that's happening. We are the ones who are responsible for creating the boundaries of our life. And this is a really important lesson, um, particularly in uh, just today's culture, where we have a generation who are rising up, who are not familiar with this concept. And so they're being told, control everything out there. But the, you can never control everything out there. You, you can never fix all of the problems. And so when someone disagrees with us, it's an offense. It's, it's, it's a big problem of cancel culture and all these sorts of things that are taking place that are training us to think, hey, the problem's out there. But I'm telling us today, as Christians, no matter what is happening out there that is not right and not okay, we need to be people who learn how to create boundaries of our life so that we would gain self-control. And we, just like Paul, would be able to say, I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me. So I'm going to land on just the, uh, this final thought about stress. It's pretty heavy. But I think it's important to say is that if we find ourselves in a place of overwhelming, burdensome stress that we just feel like I'm drowning here, is a result of something going on in our heart called pride. This is what James says in chapter four, uh, verse, uh, it's verse six to 10. He says this, he says, but he gives us more grace, gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud. So if we're feeling like a resistance that is so heavy that it's like, I just can't. When, when we're operating outside of where we're supposed to be operating, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So this is what happens when we practice the Sabbath. We submit ourselves to God. When we say no to the things that are not part of our future, our purpose or our calling, hearing from God and we submit to God in that way that 
we're submitting to him. Uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Friends, <laughs> when we are not willing to submit to God, we are going to experience stress upon stress upon stress. And stress is a normal part of life. We don't always get it right. I still get stressed sometimes with the wrong sort of stress. I still sometimes commit to things that I shouldn't commit to. And I got to, the Bible says, when you've overcommitted, you've got to bring up that person as quickly as possible and sort it out and ask that you could be relieved of that, that pressure. But if you committed, your yes is your yes. And so sometimes we can create problems for ourselves, and we're learning, we're on the process of figuring out these things. But we need to understand that the root of most of our pain, myself, yourself included, is the issue of pride that we don't submit ourselves to God and everything that he has called us to do. If you want to be free today from the wrong sort of stress, if you want to be free from the wrong sort of worry and anxiety, Jesus says this, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. I'll read it in Matthew, Matthew 6. Um, he says these words, this is really important. He says, uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I just think it's really interesting that Jesus um, says, says as a command, he says, do not be anxious. It's not a suggestion. It's not a try and deal with it. It says, don't be anxious. How is that possible? Well, Jesus connects it right here. It says, tomorrow will be anxious for itself. But today... We need to do the things today that God has called us to do. And if we can just do that, I can tell you, there may be some things we need to work through in our mind, and we're going to do more conversations on anxiety in particular uh, throughout this series. But I can tell you that, that the feelings of anxiety and being out of control are going to start to dissipate as we take a hold of the things that are in our grace zone for today. God's vision for your life is not that you would be free from all forms of stress, but that you would have the power on the inside of you rising up. You'd have the ability to create boundaries, that you would be an overcomer and you'd be able to accomplish everything that God has called you to do in this life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, let me pray for you today. Hey, if you are experiencing some sort of stress, I'd love to pray for you today. I just have a sense that God, the Holy Spirit, will be spotlighting maybe one or two things in your life that you need to address right now. I love what James says. Sounds pretty intense, doesn't it? It's like purify your heart, turn your laughter into mourning. But this is, this is what happens when, when, when God the Holy Spirit convicts us on the inside. And maybe we need a bit more of that sort of preaching <laughs> in our space, less motivational and also just actually as repenting. When there are things kicking off in our world, but we've actually been in the mix of our overcommitment, of our people pleasing, and we need to actually come back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've, I've allowed people to mess around with my time and my energy. I'm sorry that I've let my boundaries be loose. I'm sorry that I, I haven't had the confidence in me to do it. But God, I'm coming to you today and I submit myself to you. You know, when you say yes to God, you can say no to man. When you say yes to man, you're going to find whatever is first in your life 
is going to determine everything else. So if, when you submit yourself to God, you're going to find the power to say no to everything else that you need to say no to. So I want to pray for you today if that's you and there's something in your life thinking, God, I need some help. I need to change this part of my life. I need some wisdom. God, I pray right now for every person listening. I pray, Lord, that you would just open their heart and their mind to you. And I thank you for the humble today, Lord. God, you resist and you oppose the proud, but you exalt and elevate the humble. So God, we just humble our hearts to you. God, whatever's going on in our life right now, we just say, God, we need you. We need your input. We need your grace. And we believe your promise that we can do everything you've called us to do. And so God, I pray for more grace to fill our lives, to empower us to do the things that you've called us to do. And I pray for the strength in us to say no to the things that we're not supposed to do and to the people who demand of us. God, I pray for courage to rise right now, to take authority over our lives, to take ownership and stewardship of the life that you have given us. I pray that we would be a community and a church that is strong in ourselves, knows what we're called to do. I pray, God, uh, awaken dreams, awaken purpose and calling. I pray in the name of Jesus of every person we pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, if you join us today and you don't know Jesus, I just want to give you one opportunity just to receive Jesus into your life right now. Everything starts, the transformation of the mind starts in the spirit. The Bible tells us that our spirit has been corrupted and that is what gives birth to all of our wrong thinking and wrong action. It's on a spiritual realm. And so Jesus died on the cross, took all instances of sin and wrongdoing on the cross, but also the sinful part of us so that that part of us would be put to death, and then we could experience with him resurrection. And that's the beginning of our mind coming alive and being able to action all of these things that we're talking about today. And because without him, it's impossible. But with him, we are strengthened by him. So none of us are superheroes here, super Christians. We are people relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us to live out everything God has for us. If that's you today, I'd love to invite you and just in a moment to pray this prayer, to invite Jesus to come into your life and to submit yourself to him. So I'll pray and you can pray after. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm here just as I am. I want to say sorry for everything wrong that I've done, all sin, I've turned away from you, but God, today, I choose to let you in. I receive your forgiveness for all of my sin and your grace and your Holy Spirit to empower me to live the life you've called me to. I say yes to you. Amen. You prayed that prayer. That's an amazing thing. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, make sure you come, let us know. Uh, drop us a DM on Instagram, leave a comment. Um, and also get connected on the main see through reflect.church slash connect. Um, thanks so much for joining us today. God bless you guys. And we'll see you soon.